It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headlines everywhere are about baby formula. But if you think the baby formula shortage is only about baby formula, it's time to think again. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, of course, there are many fingers being pointed in many different directions when it comes to the shortage of baby formula across the country. Uh, many are starting with those fingers being pointed at the company, Abbott, uh, who's accused of ignoring uh, a bacteria in one of its facilities. That was the cause for the shutdown. Others are blaming President Biden. What's the whole story? Let's get past the headlines uh, of whose fault it is or who's doing what and who is it that are doing things that look like they're doing something but really aren't doing anything to impact the shortage or how do we actually get those supplies there. And so we've got to break this all down because this is not as simple as it seems. This is not simply about uh, a manufacturer. Uh, these are things that have been in the works, uh, thing issues that have been there for a long time, over a year. Uh, many signals there. Uh, and then also looking at the solutions. The solutions uh, don't require us to send a military cargo plane uh, across the world to pick up baby formula and bring it back. That is uh, a completely unnecessary stunt uh, in my view. And so let's break it down just a little bit. Uh, President Biden, of course, has uh, made it very clear before he hopped on a plane to go to Asia, said that he understands that parents are concerned, uh, and that's why he was going to invoke the Defense Production Act uh, to give him a help out. I know parents all across the country are worried about finding enough infant formula to feed their babies. As a parent and as a grandparent, I know just how stressful that is. I want to provide a few updates on our work to get more formula into the United States and on the store shelves so it's available to you. Today, I'm invoking what they call the Defense Production Act to ensure that manufacturers have the necessary ingredients to make safe, healthy infant formula here at home. So the president went on to to say that he would be sending these planes overseas. And I just want to point out, there's not a shortage of planes that can transport any commodity to the United States. Uh, the fact that we would have to send a plane over there to get it uh, is a little bit of a grandstand move. But here's the way the president laid it out. I've directed the Department of Defense and the Department of Health and Human Services to send aircraft planes overseas to pick up infant formula that meets U.S. health and safety standards so we can get it on the store shelves faster. And I've directed my team to do everything possible to ensure there's enough safe baby formula and that it's quickly reaching families that need it the most. This is one of my top priorities. Uh, so the president's saying it's clearly one of his priorities and really interesting. So this, this really comes back to the FDA in so many different ways. Uh, the FDA commissioner... Dr. Robert Califf was on Good Morning America, and he actually 
contradicted the president, downplayed the need for the Defense Production Act uh, and some of the supply chain issues. I don't think we need the Defense Production Act. I think the manufacturers are uh, ready to go, and they're going to increase their production. In fact, they already have. Uh, Importantly, there's been more formula bought, about 10% more in the last month than in the month before the recall. So there is formula out there. It's just not in the right place at the right time. So this issue of the supply chain and how it gets disrupted when a major manufacturer has to shut down a plant, you know, is a real lesson for all of us that um, we're working on uh, rectifying. So some interesting things there from the FDA commissioner. Uh, one, contradicting the president, saying, nah, we don't need the Defense Production Act. There's there's plenty out there. We just got to get it to the right place. Uh, but then he also kind of chided parents for purchasing more formula. That There was a 10 percent uh, increase uh, that was purchased last month before the, the recall happened. Well, I, I don't think uh, I think that's a little tin-eared uh, and tone deaf to be blaming parents for buying baby formula for their babies. Uh, I think that's the job of parenting, as I understand it. Uh, and so then so then you start looking at, well, so what is the right answer? So not to be outdone, of course. Uh, so we've, we've dealt with the, the president and the administration. We have the FDA commissioner uh, weighing in. And then not to be outdone, of course, Congress needs to weigh in. And so Nancy Pelosi, of course, weighed in uh, with a bill uh, that would spend $28 million dollars. Now, let's break that down just a little bit. So the $28 million that that Congress is asking for to help with this baby formula shortage will not create nor will it import any formula. The $28 million would go to ask the FDA to do what? Create a plan to find excess formula held by agencies and to leverage logistical capabilities to end the crisis. This goes under the category of the last thing we need is one more blue ribbon panel uh, to study something. So this is one of those where Congress, feeling like they needed to show that they were taking some action so they could tell their constituents we're doing everything possible to to end this shortage of baby formula. So we're going to appropriate $28 million. But most of that $28 million is going to go to the salaries of people who work at the FDA already. But we're going to create a plan. We're going to create a plan. Now, what do they really need to get to? Uh, really interesting. Even those in Congress who are supposed to have oversight over the FDA... Uh, are doing the same thing, pointing fingers, placing blame. Uh, A lot of this has been on the radar for over a year now. But the interesting thing to me is that none of this, none none of this is solving the problem. And then, of course, the other very interesting thing is the FDA has also said now, so the FDA has standards, and we love standards. We want to protect consumers for sure, especially infants. Uh, Now they're saying that now we're, now we can take in baby formula from other places, Europe in particular. And the only reason we weren't taking that in already was not because of an ingredient issue or a quality issue. It was an FDA labeling issue. 
And now we're creating variations to the standards so that we can bring in formula from overseas while we're still holding the manufacturers here in the U.S. to the other standard. So this is why people get frustrated with politics and with government. Uh, This is a government agency that didn't get things done. Now they're asking for more money. Congress is pointing fingers, placing blame, and doing what Congress does best. Let's throw money at it. That'll solve it. But really, in the end, this is not about the baby formula. This is about bureaucracy run amok, what happens when there isn't oversight, when there is a lack of action by the federal government, and when we don't have accountability. And this reminds me in so many ways of the arsonist who is also the firefighter. That's what this is. The FDA, the government caused this fire, and now they're running around trying to be the hero, put out the fire. And that doesn't solve the problem. We have to start thinking differently in terms of transparency, accountability, and oversight. Uh, That's why we get into these problems. But don't think for a minute that all of these announced heroic efforts are really heroic. What we got to get back to is the real hero, which is common sense. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.